Hello and welcome again to Climate Tracker Specials Asia. I'm Vienna Magbitang. This is Re-Energizing Climate Stories in the Philippines, where we talk to Filipino journalists about climate journalism in our country. In this episode, we talk to two journalists in the city of Davao, the largest city in the Philippines, and the home of our current president, Rodrigo Duterte. Just like other seasoned reporters in the Philippines, Yas Ocampo has already toured all the news feeds, from crime to local politics. But he said he is passionate about environmental stories the most. His editor, Marcos Mordeno, is a veteran environmental reporter who has also collaborated with non-government organizations. We talk about why they think writing about the environment is important, especially in a city where all eyes are glued to local politics. We now have journalists from Minda News to join us in this episode. So um, to start, can you tell us about yourself? My long name is Horacio Marcos C. Mordeno. In short, Boy Mords. I started as a freelancer way back 1980s, Tandana, no? writing for contributing to Malaya, Inquirer, and other publications in Mindanao. But I shuttled between being a journalist and working with NGOs, uh, in particular human rights and environment na mga NGO. Long and short ng aking professional story. Uh, I also worked as correspondent ng Philippine Daily Inquirer for three years yata yon until I resigned and co-founded what we now call Minda News. Uh, based in Davao City. Uh, simulat sa pulpa, parang dahil siguro sa background ko sa environment NGO, kaya naging close akin yung issue ng environment. Uh, siguro kahit i-ano ko, i-inventory ko yung mga stories ko, uh, ever since, parang a good percentage would fall under the environment theme. Nung wala na ako ng oras masyado na magsulat, dahil napofocus sa pag-i-edit, at mga research. But gusto ko talaga ano, yung maka-focus muli on ano, on writing stories about the environment particularly uh, tungkol sa uh, theme ng climate ano, climate change. How about you, yes? So my name is Sir Jason Ocampo, that's my actual name and <laughs> I don't use it for my byline. My byline is Yas Ocampo kasi um, it's easier for conversations and then I've had at least uh, 12 years of experience writing for newspapers like Mindanao Times, um, Manila Standard, and uh, Manila Bulletin just recently. Right now, I'm the social media specialist for Minda News. My experience really is medyo wide then as a field reporter. Wide meaning marami akong beat na natawid. Um, so primarily, yung pinaka-specialty ko is legislation. Pero ano, um, for the past 10 years, I've been covering City Hall at Davao City. So you can imagine the gravity of that mm-hmm. since I've been following the Dutertes uh, for the past 10 years until recently lang. Um, so, but but behind that release, following the paper trails then as well. So I was trained by my editors, from especially from Mindanao Times, to really follow the paper trail because I believe that it, the stories are not just what the leaders tell you. You have to look at the paper trail. You have to look at how policies are made, 
what are the influences. And so, ano, nung nilipat ako sa general beat from governance, nag-thrive ako to some extent because I was writing stories that nobody else was following because <laughs> everyone was everyone was at City Hall. But I was uh, hanging out in places like the City Health Office or ano, the, the Sanitation Department or the DNR. Yung mga ganong, ano. Tapos for a while, I had uh, department heads on my speed dial like Senro, mga city environment officials. Um, ganong level siya. Kasi I could ask them... Uh, I could ask them questions that I I guess nobody else could at the time because everyone was uh, really just tailing the main leaders. Um, but I figured, because our newspaper could afford it at the time, uh, we had like reporters for every beat. Uh, nagthrive ako even if medyo mabigat siya na beat. Because I figured sunod-sunod din naman siya. Eh. So for those who are unfamiliar. Uh, the general beat really is the everything else beat. So there's governance, there's justice, there's uh, security, and the go- and the general beat is basically uh, sa sa case ng newsroom ng Mindanao Times. Uh, it was um, health, education, and environment, among others. Um, yun po yung background ko sa sa environment reporting, including science and health. Adiba ah, may science pa, because no one no one was really Ano, writing about it and I felt that it was an underreported parang ano siya in, underrated pala sorry it's an underrated beat with underreported topics and for a while tumambay ako dun siguro mga 2 years 3 years ganyan um ayun po yung ano yun po yung writing background ko when it comes to climate yeah so basically why did you enter this fellowship like why do you want to write about uh climate now and renewable energy in Mindanao? I guess in my case, ang um, desire to write about the climate and the environment. Ano siya eh? It's, it's not something that uh, that came out just just recently. Parang ano siya eh? Uh, coming from Davao City, a place that once proud, prided itself to be a green city. Like, it had trees and Ano, it had trees and beaches and all that. Ano siya, parang I am feeling that development is encro- parang encroaching slowly into what we used to call a very ano, environment-friendly city. Um, despite parang yung packaging kasi nung syudad for the past, let's say, 30-40 years. Malinis siya. So, oh, sige, malinis siya. Malinis yung hangin. I was even one of those people who was, you know, breast, parang breast beating na, oh, yung ciudad namin, malinis, ganyan. Pero it got embarrassing along the way because we would see, for example, two years ago, there was a park here that, ano, nag, for some reason, nagputol sila ng uh, decades-old trees just to build a park. And that was something I was uh, starting to question as a citizen and as a reporter, sabi ko, bakit kailangan putulin ang puno para gumawa ng park? And then I was biking along the park earlier today. Sabi ko, oh, okay, naglagay sila ng smaller trees. <laughs> Yung ano, that's a ridiculous design philosophy. You already have large trees, maybe build around it. But what do I know, diba? I'm just a citizen or a writer. Uh, maybe they know better because they're the construction and uh, arborists. Sila siguro ang magaling. Pero uh, on the surface level, 
those were really large trees. You could not even hug them. Parang siguro, if you could hug them, mga anim na tao kayo <laughs> bago mo ma- <laughs> ma-encircle yung puno. So, yung mga ganong issues. And then, recently, ano, uh, we used to have beaches where you could, you know, where you could bathe. Parang, um, ang tawag dyan, di ba, recreational beaches. No more. <laughs> Uh, in fact, ano na siya, yung buong Times Beach na tinatawag ngayon, it's now the site of an ongoing co- uh, coastal road project. Kasi, ano na talaga siya, hindi na talaga siya suitable for rec- recreational use. But I grew up there. Can you imagine, before the days of, um, we had to go to Samal, we have to go to Samal now, Samal Island, across the city, we have to ride a barge and so on. That day, we just went, we just rode a jeep or drove our cars and then as a family went to places like uh, Times Beach. Nabutan ko yung childhood na pwede ka pang maligo sa time speech and relatively <laughs> medyo malinis pa siya or did we know any better pero yun nga yung history niya nakita kong namatay yung dagat ano siya yung mga tipong black sand and as a anong tawag dyan, as a logical human being you would know that it's not clean anymore kasi dagat na amoy something else di ba so yung mga ganun um what else I would, yun lang siguro, I, I, I think, ano siya, call it uh, romanticism, ano siya, it has influenced so much of my writing about the environment, kasi parang, di ba, how could you still claim to be that city that has pawikans, di ba, pawitang, uh, pawikan, sorry, pawikan nesting sites, and then you do this, di ba, so, mm-hmm. but really, uh, to be humble about it, uh, maybe the, policymakers know any better or maybe the citizens should be more ano, patient for development but diba, you're seeing the effect eh. and it's um, hindi siya gaanong naisusulat kasi napapansin ko po na may gap siya and I feel like this is one of those opportunities um, Sir Marcus, as an editor and as someone who has been in the environmental beat for far too long, why do you think it's important for um, the next generation journalists to focus on environment, especially in uh, provinces like Davao? Well, you're not a province, actually, you're a city, but you, you're, you're, and you're actually also a seat of power right now. But uh, you know what I mean? It's sometimes the focus is in Manila because and yung mga offices. But why do you think it's important to talk about this in like a regional level? So tingin ko kasi ngayon, kahit mala, uh, malalakay yung ano natin, situation sa climate, para bang wala pa rin tayo sa, ano, sa level na ma-alarm no? yung karamihan sa atin. Ano pa rin, business as usual, uh, wala lang. Kung makarinig o makabasa ng something na parang nakakatakot tungkol sa climate change, pero hanggang doon lang, uh, after the instant reaction, wala nang kasunod na aksyon. As journalist, tayo ang dapat ano, yung leading voice na mag-enlighten ng mga tao. Parang disappointing na pag may... Pag may mga calamities, mga disasters gaya ng Yolanda, yung focus ng reporting, ano lang, yung kumbaga body counts lang eh. It's no different from covering a conflict no or a war na hanggang ano lang, ilan ang namatay, ilan ang mga, ilan ang mga backbeat. Mga ganong ano, mga ganong angulo lang ang usually kinakover ng media. 
no kahit yung mga malalaking media so to say so sayang yung ano sayang yung ano natin yung influence as media na ma-educate ng mga tao uh, so siguro we can trace that it's not the fault of the journalist per se pero Siguro tayo rin sa nasa NGO, meron din kakulangan dahil wala tayong masyadong effort. Kung meron man medyo kulang na mabigyan ng ano, ng mga opportunity ay media na maka parang makapacitate sila on how to, no, yung how to sa reporting ng climate or environment ng mga issue. Parang ganoon ang role ng NGO. So I cannot really blame my fellow media workers kung ganoon ang ano nila. Ganun pa lang ang kanilang consciousness when it comes to climate reporting, especially on renewable energy. Sa context ng Mindanao, I think it's more urgent kasi the bigger part of our power grid relies on hydro. Pero kung mapapansin natin, dumarami yung, ano, yung mga coal-fired power plants no? sa Sarangani, sa Misamis Oriental, meron na rin sa Sumbuanga at sa Davao City, di ba? Sa Iligan at Lanao del Norte, ganun din. Meron na mga coal-fired coal power plants. So it's, ano, it's, uh, it's frightening na kung kailan naging grabe na yung effect ng climate change, saka naman mas dumarami pa itong ano, yung mga non-renewable sources ng power natin. It's like a David versus Goliath battle kasi yung mga ano nito, yung mga may-ari na mga plantang ito, ano eh, well-connected connection na parang mahirap nating banggain yung mga ganong klaseng mga structures. Pero ganun pa man, uh, kung well-organized yung media, well-informed and well-educated sa mga issue natin, I think we would at least make no make a dent on how uh, we should develop our power sources in the future kung saan dapat ang direction natin when it comes to uh, energy source development so how about you yes have you actually experienced this kind of challenges in your reporting as somebody from the community papers ano siya parang yung yung part na yan na filter na siya sa editor So, thankfully, parang hindi naman siya nag-trickle down sa akin na problem. I'm not sure what happens upstairs. I mean, the metaphorical upstairs because we, are, we were all in the same office. Uh, but I, what I'm trying to say is yung issues on being able or not being able to write stories because of the powers that be. Ano siya? Hindi siya yung issue for me. The issue for me is the several layers of scarcity. Uh, there's scarcity of resources. Um... Yun nga, di ba, sinasabi ko underreported siya and hindi siya, hindi siya sexy, hindi siya power, hindi siya popular, I mean, na topic. So, you have sources, for example, that are not media savvy. So, they do their best to, to, to hide from you and that's irresponsible, I think, for local government officials. I can even categorically say that uh, yung... Senro, for example, in Davao City is one of the hardest to interview. And this is the people you ask about, Ma'am, ano po ang problema sa garbage collection? Kasi I'm noticing that it's not as clean as it used to. I live near a garbage pile. I mean, it sounds as dirty as, diba? It's, it sounds dirty, pero the idea is, unthinkable kasi dati yan, dito. Mm-hmm. But now, what happens is, you collect and then 
the truck picks it up around let's say six seven ganyan whatever is left on the ground that stays there until the next morning and i know because i walk my dogs at dawn so i would know na nandyan siya the entire night until somebody sweeps that and there are 182 barangays in Davao City so can, if you can imagine like the magnitude of that kung i-multiply mo by at least let's say 100 i-categorical eh, parang ano parang i-factor mo lang yun has the policy changed parang kasi dati may joke yung ano eh pag, pag may event dito yung mga confetti yung mga ano breast beating na ginagawa ng mga tao pag nahuhulog din yung mga confetti nandiyan daw nandiyan daw agad yung mga ano street sweepers kasi wala daw talagang kalat sa Davao I mean I used to believe in that and I I could probably say that it was true for a time so right now it's not that anymore and I I'm wondering what's happening and ang ano nakikita ko is ano siya contributory din siya sa what's happening here uh, we are Uh, I don't wanna call it. I don't wanna call it third world, kasi di ba outdated na term na yun. Parang uh, but we are yung nasa pitch ko. We are at the receiving end of the irresponsibility of larger nations um, when they made their ano, decisions for let's say power. I I believe that we are affected by that, and at the same time there are irresponsible practices that we are doing. Parang For example, kami. Oh, hindi naman kami ano na. I mean, as, uh, ako personally, hindi naman ako nagtatapon ng organic material sa basura. So tinatapon ko yung residual stuff. But when it gets to the pile, it gets dug up, <laughs> nahahanapan ng recyclables. I don't know what happens to the rest. So, yun na yung process. Kung may matira doon, ilalagay sa truck and then yung truck aalis. Nandiyan yung mga may kalat-kalat pa na condition, wala nang time yung truck maglinis. At least in my barangay. Uh, And then there are floods here. Yun yung point kasi eh. Parang we are already recipients of the troublemakers in the West. And then may irresponsible practices pa dito. So I want, I I feel like it's an entire interconnected, complicated uh, problem that it that needs to be talked about. So parang, okay, so can I interview somebody from that office? And then... We don't even know her number, and that's unthinkable. Parang I used to have numbers of all the department heads. Uh, this, these particular people, parang ang hirap nilang kausap. But I have direct access to people who have been planning the city for the past, let's say, 20 years. And they have been very helpful. Very helpful. And then, sinabi ko sa kanila, Sir, so, which of the areas in Davao City, for example, are really feeling the effects of climate change? Sabi niya, yung coastal areas. Marami tayong coastal barangays na affected. Kasi every time bumabaha dito, whatever the reason, let's say tidal or ulan, ano siya, naka-alert na yung mga barangay rescue people. And then, di ba halo-halo siya? So, because there are climate decisions, and then city planning decisions, villages that used to be dry land, uh, bumabaha siya, and parang waist deep na yung water ngayon. So, you know, it's really hard to point kung sino ang culprit. Pero that's happening eh. Parang it's a part of an entire complicated problem. And the only article that comes out about that is bumaha. <laughs> diba? Bumaha or let's say 800 people were displaced. Uh, yun. Yun na yung pinaka-surface story. But maybe we should have more conversations about the, uh, how, the responsibilities that we should give to people who are in power. Uh, let's say uh, 
people making decisions on developments. The simple, uh, the simple decision on the kind of um, co- uh, concrete, for example, nagagamitin sa parking lot, diba? Why not require uh, these developers to have permeable parking lot so that when it floods, hindi siya nagiging swimming pool, diba? Mag, ano na lang, mag-seep na lang yung tubig sa ilalim. I mean, I'm not an urban planner, but I, I think it's a logical idea. Diba? Um... Yun lang, parang ano siya. It's an entire house of cards. <laughs> so one wrong decision it leads to the, you know. And I'm seeing on the ano, I'm seeing on Facebook groups here na ano siya, may effect talaga siya. Um, it may not be directly because of climate change, but when it floods, especially in the pandemic, people are in trouble. And they they blame one another. Si si victim biniblame si ano si rescue people. Sabi, bakit ang tagal ng rescue? Si rescue people naman nagsasabi, pina-evacuate kayo, hindi kayo umalis. Yung mga ganun, I mean it's understandable that the, these conversations happen. But when when you look when you look at it in the macro level, I feel that there are there are cons- uh, there are conversations that we are not having and we should start having these conversations. Because when you look at it, 'di ba? these climb these effects on the climate may may dahilan siya eh so sir marcos are you hopeful that journalists like jazz would continue and writing environmental stories especially in your region i really want to be optimistic about it na sooner or later aside from yas uh, we can we can mobilize other journalists to also Uh, include no, not, uh, not just include, but focus on environmental issues in the reporting. Uh, especially now that, uh, from what I've read, the Glasgow thing has been watered down. <laughs> so the more reason that we should encourage our colleagues to write more and more about. Uh, climate issues. And how about you, Yas? Will you continue writing more stories? Given the opportunity, yes, I would. Um, um I guess ano na lang. Ang hope ko na lang for the ano din eh, relatively not so young na ako regarding <laughs> when it comes to the ano when, when it comes to the writing. I would just hope that the um the next generation of journalists would focus as well on the people that they're writing about. Kasi it's usually the leaders, the yung mga ano yung mga traditional stories that the leader says something or uh, ordinance passed mga ganun. Um oftentimes we forget that the numbers that we write about. Ito yung training namin sa amin the news sa kami na times ano. Um these are not just numbers, these are people. These are relatives, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters and so on. We sometimes forget that there are people behind these numbers when we count the bodies. And it's sort of it's it's really sad. Um I'm just kind of hoping na maalala sa ng mga next generation of writers if it's not our generation <laughs> kasi ano parang ano na siya eh it's a yung I mean we are a generation that's also growing old and moving on to other roles in the newsroom for example in my case hindi na ako writer sa Mindanao news masyado mas mas social media yung ano ko yung focus and of course they're the the editors have been very encouraging and said ano you should keep writing ganyan si Ma'am Carol sabi kaka message lang kahapon na you should keep writing and and that's actually something parang encouraging siya and at the same time i hope that yun nga yung next crop 
of writers. Um, remember that as well. Not just to be able to meet the quota, but you know, to really make a difference. Yung mga ano, yung mga cliches, <laughs> cliche <laughs> mantras like make a difference, like one story at a time. But but it's really true. I mean, we underestimate the power of stories, diba? We underestimate the power of stories to to make change, and I think that's really what we're doing at Climate Tracker, and you know. And, our news outfit same in the news yeah I, i'm very hopeful for the next generation of journalists actually because i think um they're much more aware now and they're much more connected and they have kind of like some support from uh their editors i think that's something new right now but i think there are still systemic problems like funding um, limited time, limited budget, and that's another thing for another conversation, I guess. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very thankful for the both of you for joining me in this episode. Thank you. Thank you. Ayo, thank you very much. And that's it for this episode. I'm Bianca Magbitang for Climate Tracker Specials Asia. If you want to read more about how we are re-energizing climate stories in the Philippines, you can find them on our websites climatetracker.org or climatetracker.asia. Special thanks to Oxfam Pilipinas for making this project possible. For comments, suggestions, and feedback, you can email us at podcast at climatetracker.org. Hope you can join us again next time.